Proverbs, the third chapter. Now, we were in this chapter last week as we continued to look at the wisdom of God and functioning in God's wisdom. And the great need is wisdom. Am I right, David? <laughs> A wise son makes his father's heart. We all need wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowledge because you can stuff your head full of facts or, or data. You can know things. Especially talk about the Bible. You can know all the animals and the plants and all that. But it's not head knowledge that counts. It's wisdom. How to apply what you know. And of course part of that is revelation knowledge. Um, where God reveals deeper things in his word and how they apply to your life. But everybody needs wisdom. There's all kinds of wisdom. There's wisdom to do your job right. You know, when you start a new job and you don't have a, new, a clue about how the, the company works or the protocols and all of that, and you feel really awkward, and there comes a point, I think, where you say, I'm never going to get this. And then maybe a few months later, you're an expert. You're the one that everybody comes to, how do you do this? How do you do that program in the computer and so on? So there's that kind of wisdom. But we're talking here about wisdom to live life successfully in the Lord. And successfully with other people. Because there are dimensions. There's a vertical dimension. Your relationship with God. And, and let me just show you what I mean by this. Sometimes if we fall out with somebody, or we really offend somebody, and we've, we've maybe, well we have, of sinned in doing that, it's so easy to get right with God, because that's a vertical. You get right with God just by praying a prayer of repentance. Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I repent of that. Your relationship with God is instantly restored. But it's not necessarily instantly restored with the person you've offended, is it? You know, because it might take them a long time to trust you again. It might take them a long time to forgive you. So, getting right with God is easy, but you need wisdom on the horizontal plane to negotiate with somebody to restore a relationship. So wisdom can cover a whole, uh, you know, all different areas of life. But wisdom comes from this book. And it comes from the Holy Spirit teaching us the, the realities of the spirit realm and the, this book. So we need to listen to God, the Holy Spirit, and we need to read his word attentively um, so that we understand. It says here in verse 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. And that's wisdom. Wisdom means not being wise in our own eyes. I'll get this covered, by the way. I know what I'm doing. How many times have you heard that from people? Amen. We heard it just the other day, didn't we? David. Amen. I know what I'm doing with these clippers. I know how to cut my own hair. Sorry, sir. 
wisdom. Amen? <coughs> See, I quite like it. Anyway, that's... But wisdom will tell you, don't do this, or do it that. But do it this way. Wisdom is knowing how to operate and function. But you'll not get it in your own eyes. In other words, you'll not get it if all you rely on is your, your own wits, your own street smarts, your own experience. Wisdom comes from the Lord. It says, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I know a lot of people out there who are very wise and intelligent and knowledgeable. But they're not wise in God's eyes. They're wise in their own eyes. You know, street smart folks. Hey, by the way. You weep. In Glasgow, we would say they're double white, triple white, quadruple white, yeah? They, they know the moves, man. Right? That's not the wisdom of God. That's sensual wisdom. Okay? It's not God's wisdom. Now, you know, we all need a wee bit of common sense, street smart. We all, it's important, you know, we, that we know how to function out there. Because a lot of people, they're socially gauche, aren't they? You know, they don't know how to communicate with people and so on. Um, but there's a difference between being wise and clever and triple-wide in our own eyes. And the way to steer yourself wisdom-wise, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of His wisdom operating in our hearts and minds. But look at the benefit of it in verse 8. And, and I really feel the Lord wants to emphasize this to us today. Because you say, well, was, ah, it's good to be wise. Ah, that, that's, that's great. But there are benefits of wisdom that God's word reveals to us that maybe we're not fully understanding or aware of. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And what that means very simply is this, is that when we turn to God for wisdom, when we turn to his word for wisdom, when we receive his wisdom, it has an impact on our very bodies, on our very health. The wisdom of God will make you healthier. And I'm not just talking about the wisdom to say no to your third cream cake. <coughs> Amen. That's not wisdom, that's discipline. <laughs> Amen. Uh, wisdom is involved. But it's not just the wisdom, oh well, I'm just going to eat vegetables. Or, you know, <laughs> that big juicy steak I'll leave to the one side. No, no. It's not, it's not just that. Part of it is wisdom and what to eat and what not to eat and so on. But it's just wisdom in general. When you choose the path of wisdom from God's word, from the Lord, then it has a knock-on effect on your body. Because living not right, living wrong, will eventually impact your health. But living right by living with God's wisdom will also impact your body. It will be health to thy navel. And you know, what that means is, is, you know, we know that in this area of the navel is where the spirit dwells. But it really means that you will, pro you will 
Be healthy from the inside out. That's what he's really saying. It will be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. And it's interesting because, um, and we, we discovered this uh, with, with David, to be honest, was that they have your system, your uh, digestive system, has a, a massive impact on your overall health. Okay, and, and on your mental health. Um, I think it's, is it the vagus nerve or whatever it is. So in other words, if you're, if you're barely healthy, then that actually helps your mental health. But if you have, you know, a lot of things going on in here, it can make you irritable, it can make you depressed and so on. So God's word understands how the human body works. And so wisdom received from God, received by his word, received by good preaching like this, um, will actually benefit your overall health from the inside out, from your, the very depths, from your belly, from your navel. And marrow to your bones, of course, uh, we all know that in the bones, the marrow, that's where uh, the, the, the blood cycle, it's so important to have healthy marrow in your bones. And, you know, that, that's what they do sometimes with these people that have got, um, happened uh, to, to my daughter uh, when she had the Hodgkins is that they, they take out the marrow you know, the stem cell thing so in other words they understand that if you're, the marrow of your bones is healthy your body will be healthy mm -hmm. and it's saying here in God's word wisdom will impact those areas of your very body so it's not just oh you'll be a smarty pants or You'll know stuff that other people don't know. It's not that. Alone, that's good to have that. It's good to be more clever than the folks around you, isn't it? I find it. I find it. <laughs> it's, it's good. But it's not just about that. It's about the health. Amen? Wisdom will make you healthier. Verse 9 says, Honour the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all them increase. Which really just really means... Give God, uh, give into the house of God. Amen. Like we've just received uh, yeah, the offering, the tithes, the offerings. Uh, Honour the Lord with that. And so, I just want to emphasize this. It says the first fruits of all their increase. You know, a lot of people tithe. Um, they give God a tenth. I'm not here to talk about tithing this morning. But there's an aspect of this that a lot of people give God a tenth, but they give God maybe the tenth further down the road. Does that make sense? Say for example, uh, you, had a, you received a hundred pounds and you give the tenth, which is ten pounds. But some people will say, well, you know what, um, that's that hundred pounds. I'll pay that electricity bill and I'll pay that, you know, I'll pay the, whatever it is, ASDA, and the, the ten pound. It's in the back of your purse, in a sense. Right? You, you pay it on the Sunday. First fruits means you pay God first. Does that make sense? So, what my counsel would be is because if, if, if you receive money and you want to tithe and you say, oh, I've got to give God the first fruits, don't phone me at two in the morning and say, 
I've got my tithe and I need to the first foot I pay it first. So you need to come and get this, Pastor. No, what you just do is you take that money and you put it somewhere in your purse or to Father, that's the time. That's my first fruits. It, it's really God's looking for the heart. You know, and we're not we're not I, I don't always like talking about um, that aspect of things. But just if the wisdom is first fruits. You know, the Lord pulled me up about that uh, one time ago. Don't just tithe, make sure that the tenth if you're tithing. If you're a tither. But even if you're not a tither, make sure that the first fruits of all your increase go to the Lord. So, so you, you're intentional about it. As I said, you can't just come chat the door and say, there's my tithe. I need to pay that first before I go to Asda in the morning. <coughs> wisdom. Wisdom. What, what's the wisdom that put God first? That's really the wisdom behind that. And it's not just about money. Give God the first fruits in many things. In the morning, give God the first fruits of your time. Oh, you don't know how busy I am, Bill. That doesn't matter. God knows how busy you are. And if you give him the first fruits of your time in the morning, he'll bless the lot, the rest of it. Because God is honoured when we put him first. Amen? So get up in the morning, put the kettle on, have your coffee, and before you... Watch Lorraine. You shouldn't be watching Lorraine, by the way. <laughs> Funny story about that. Okay. Years and years ago, long before I, I knew her, Agnes was getting Sky in, in the house, Sky Television. And the man came and installed the Sky box and put it on, and it was Lorraine Kelly. And Agnes says, oh, switch it off, I can't stand her. <laughs> and the man said, that's my daughter. <laughs> he was a sky engineer. <laughs> She'll tell you the story, but let's just see. Where's the happy when you're there? <laughs> but Adam would the same. That's what I'm saying. But before you do anything in the morning, maybe sit down with a coffee, and even just a few minutes, or 10, 15 minutes, that's all you can get for the first fruits of your time. Read your Bible, pray, whatever it is. So important. Honour him by giving him the first Amen. Then it says, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, wisdom will make you healthier, and wisdom will make you wealthier. You see that? The wisdom of God is designed by God to bless you and benefit you but only if you apply it you know if you've ever had uh, you've ever bought something or, or you know uh, moisturizing cream you know I'm quite shocked when I get your boots and I see the price of these creams and lotions that women yeah and, oh, I bought this wonderful moisturising cream. It makes your skin like a baby's. Yeah? I mean, it was only £31 <laughs> for that. But if you don't put that moisturising cream on, it won't benefit you. If you don't apply the cream, amen? It's like toothpaste. If you, don't, if you buy, you know, sensitive toothpaste or 
wherever it is, but you don't brush your teeth with it, it's not going to benefit you. And we're a wee bit like that with the wisdom of God because, well, I've got my Bible. I, you know, I've got my Bible. It's, in my, it's, in my, it's beside my bed. But if you don't open it and apply the wisdom of God to your life, you won't get the benefits. Amen? So it's just that simple. God's wisdom in his word will make you healthier, wealthier, bless you. And what's so wonderful about it is the wisdom of God is designed. It's not just about things of eternity and salvation and eternal life and, the, you know, uh, the, the future when you go to heaven and so on. It's designed to apply to your life now and bless and benefit you now. And let me just say this, it's not just for you either. Because other people need the wisdom of God. So when we have the wisdom of God operating in us, other people can benefit from it. It's not about, you know, going about and telling people how clever you are and all that. But people will see the wisdom of God in you and they'll say, can I ask your advice? Amen? And, 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 and you know when somebody says that to you, that they've recognized that you're carrying something uh, because the wisdom of God is designed to be spread. The wisdom of God is designed to be, you know, God wants all men to come to the wisdom of knowing that Jesus is the only answer to their problems. He's the only Lord and Savior. He's the way, the truth, and the life. It's wisdom that revealed that to us. God's wisdom revealed that to each and every one of us. And wouldn't we all want other folks to know that? Folks out there in Tharsis Street. Family members that are straying away, doing all kinds of things. Loved ones, friends, relatives, work colleagues. The wisdom of God is designed to be just like lure pack spread abroad. <laughs> Amen. I'm so blessed for that gift tonight. <laughs> Amen. I'm receiving lure packets. <laughs> but you know, butter is meant to be spread. Isn't it? And it's interesting because the word anointing, and we read a lot about anointing in Scripture, in the Old Testament and the New. But it actually means to smear. That's what the word means, to smear. Now, uh, David will not be, know this anymore. Uh, he did last week. But you know what it's like if you get brill cream on? <laughs> Amen. You don't need any right now. If you've got brill cream on and you sit in a chair. And do you remember, I remember my nana used to have these things in the back the chair because all the men had didn't they the brow cream um, and they, they would put their head back and of course you'd get the, the greasy smear so they used to put backs on the, the chair remember that and even on the arms as well for the, but anointing means to smear and what it means is everywhere you go you leave a wee bit of the anointing you leave a wee bit of God's presence when they used to pour oil upon the high priest. They, would, they wouldn't just put, you know, when we do anointing, we'll get a wee bit out of the bottle and we put it on the forehead. But they would pour the bottle until it ran down his beard and ran onto his clothes. Imagine that. You know, 
having to clean the clothes. But they did it so that when he walked, and it would go way down, that when he walked, he would leave oil behind him. And that was signifying the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is meant to be left behind you as a refuge. That's how wise God wants us to live. That people say, you know what? I don't know what it was about when she came in to visit me, but I felt so much better when she left. The things she said. Wisdom is meant to be like that. It's meant to be spread like butter or like anointing oil. Well, here's a bit, a bit of time to cover this. Here's a wee bit we don't like. And this is for you, young man. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Well, Lord, just don't tell me what to do. Ah, look at the face. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing well today. We <laughs> Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. There are times when, if, if we have a relationship with God, uh, there are times when we know that he is chastening us. Just like your, your, just like your father. Amen. Whoever had, and if we remember this, is that you might have had a great relationship with your dad, your father, but there were times, am I right? Where it wasn't all sweetness and light. Amen. I remember that. That was in March, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember those times. Yeah, I would just do would hang about with my dad, almost like a pal. But if I crossed the line, I wasn't his pal. Amen? I was chasing. Okay? And we have to understand, you know, at the time I thought, oh, this is most unreasonable and most unfair and so on. The older I get, the more I realise, you know, at that age, at the age of 15, you think, you, you know, my parents don't know anything. And every day since, you realise more and more how much they did know. Am I right? And, and a lot of that was chastening. And, you, and you, you think, oh, that was unfair. They were too harsh. They were too strict. And now I realise they're probably far more lenient than I deserved. The chastening of the Lord. And, and, and the Bible actually tells us uh, in the New Testament, that if we don't receive his chastening, now, that's what I like about the King James. The King James, uh, a spade is a spade. Um, it's not a digging implement. So if you don't read it, I think it's in Hebrews, it tells you what you are if you don't receive the chastening. But the polite version in the modern translations, it's illegitimate. But in the King James, it's the bad luck. Amen. What it's really saying is, you're not God's son or daughter or child if you won't receive his chastening. Now, I don't have any business chastening children that aren't mine. Amen. Because the first thing they would say, you're not my dad. 
You've no business chasing, you've no business keeping me around. You, and, but do you remember the days when you were a kid and any adult could batter you? <laughs> Amen? Could give you a scud. Amen? And your parents told them, well, see if, see if he misbehaves, slap him. And then when he comes home, you'll get an ass slap. But you know, if anybody, if anybody stepped out of line, your, your dad would have battered them. But, but chastening really means when you step out of line, you, you get a rebuke. You get a, it could be a slap as a kid, it could just be, that's your last warning. Amen? Hands up if you always push the last warning. Yeah. <laughs> But the chastening is for our benefit. That's wisdom. Now when you're, you know, 13, 14, 15 and you get chastened, you, you, you don't see the wisdom in it. You just see the unfairness of it, the injustice, how dare they? But, you know, the older you get, you realise through wisdom that you need to be chastened. And it's not pleasant. And sometimes as an adult you get from the Lord I'm speaking about. But look what it says, verse 2, this is wisdom again. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Fathers chasing sons, chasing daughters, and mothers too. Uh, I don't mean fathers chasing mothers. Mothers chasing children too, because they love them, don't they? You know, this is for your own good. <laughs> This is going to hurt me more than it hurt you. And you, what's the first thing? I know about it. But it's true. When you need to chase your children, it can be quite hurtful, painful. But the Lord loves those he corrects uh, because he's a father. And he loves us and he delights in us. Uh, but sometimes, it, and wisdom will teach us that. Amen? And you know, it's a wise thing to accept correction and chastening from the Lord. It's a wise thing to, to accept chastening and correction from other people when you realise that you've, you've been in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Amen? Um, it's a wise thing. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, verse 13, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. I'm just going to close with this and then we'll leave it for the day. But what you were saying here is, is wisdom is actually better than what we would say getting money fast. How many people win the lottery and they lose it all? I know people that that's what's happened to them. One particular man I knew, just an ordinary working man, won the lottery and was conned out of the pen. He ended up, they lived in a beautiful big house, ended up living in a council house. And so many people, why? Because we think money is the answer. And money is, it, it's great to have money, isn't it? But wisdom is better. Because wisdom will make you receive money, but will also make you retain money and use it for the benefit of you know 
the, the, the kingdom of God, other people. Wisdom, but most folk just want the money, don't they? Most folk just buy the lottery ticket. Give me, give me that. Oh, have, you seen the, have you seen the rollover this week? But if you don't have wisdom, you can receive all that money. And let me just say this to you. It's remarkable the amount of folk that if somebody gets a lot of money or wins a lot of money, the amount of people that are around the economy. But the, wis- the gain that wisdom brings is better than silver and gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honour. You see, wisdom will bring you riches with honour. Amen. R- wisdom will bring you riches that won't ruin you. Wisdom will give you a life with honour. It's all too easy taking the fast track to riches. Well, you know, if I sell, if I get drugs and sell them, I'm going to be rich. But look at the lives that you ruin. Anyway, we're going to leave it there today, folks. And we'll come back to this study another time. The Lord bless you.